In the ongoing quest to find balance and renewed health, veterans and active military members have often been at the forefront of these conversations. We've recently partnered with Veterans for Healing to share veteran stories of what's worked for them as they've navigated the depth of trauma they experienced in combat. These stories and the information discussed are not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek your trusted physician or other qualified health provider's advice with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. For more information on today's episode, visit htcpod.com slash stories of healing. So you cool. joined the Canadian Armed Forces in 2005 at the end of sure. your like high school career. <laughs> yeah, uh, while everyone else was off getting shit-faced on March break in Quebec, I was down in Aldershot in my grade 12 year doing uh, Army training and making money instead of wasting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you so. started then. Can you kind of walk us through your career um, from that point on? Yeah, so uh, I joined the forces in 2005 in the reserves here out of uh, Pecto, Nova Scotia, uh, 1st Battalion, Nova Scotia Highlanders. So that was in my grade 12 year. And then upon my completion of my basic training, the, the Afghanistan mission had conducted its move to Kandahar from Kabul. So I had volunteered my name forward to go uh, on tour, any tour to Afghanistan with any job. And I was selected to be an augmentee with the reservists. And then once we did the augmentee training, I then volunteered my name forward to go part of the battle group. So uh, instead of being my original job of defense and security and uh, close protection for convoys, I was then uh, augmented into a section in a rifle company as a reservist. And then I deployed overseas with the 2nd Battalion Royal Canadian Regiment Indy Company in 2007, January 2007. And then I came back, and then I just stayed in the Army. I just uh, They did this thing called uh, component transfers, and uh, any reservists that had previous tour experience, like early on in the days of Afghanistan, was pretty much you completed your post-tour leave, and then you just walked back into your unit that you just left uh, a month prior. So I was three months back here in Nova Scotia being a reservist and then I was uh re-rolled to the regular force in January 2008. So was it hard for you to leave and then just go back overseas? No so when I when I went back I went back to the regular force so that was like my day-to-day job then so I was no longer a reservist. Yeah, so a reservist is a part-time soldier, and they have to work one weekend a month, uh, and then I think over one week a year. But you're you're just a volunteer, so you can do your your tours or your courses or your one Thursday a week, and then one weekend a month just to, so you stay in. So when I component transferred from reserve to regular force, I was then now uh, like a nine to five everyday soldier. Well. 24-7 actually with the with the role of the, the infantry and the Canadian forces so we're always on notice to go anywhere with different um, immediate response units and, and stuff like that so once I went back to regular force I was just another Canadian soldier in the, in the forces on a full-time basis mm-hmm. and when you retired was it for medical reasons yeah so uh, I retired in 2018 uh, November 2018 after almost 14 years medically released due to PTSD and other underlying conditions, physical ailments and so on. So mm-hmm. do you feel comfortable going into what your PTSD consisted of? 
Oh, I'm, I'm an open book. So whatever you want to know, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't, I have no shame. Well, I have lots of shame and guilt and everything like that. But that <laughs> that's, that's a human thing. That's a different side of it. So there's guilt and shame and not being a soldier anymore, but no, I don't care. I'll tell you whatever you want to hear. Yeah. Well, let's hear about that then the trauma you experienced over there and, and how that affected you. The, the trauma from over there I don't have one specific incident that I can still nail down. Like that was when I got PTSD, but mm-hmm. I know when I got PTSD here in Canada and that was the the birth of my first daughter. So my daughter, Amelia, when I first seen her come into the world, just coming out of my beautiful wife, Jenna there, immediately I had a flashback and to when I was searching a car and when we were searching the car in Afghanistan, we found a dead infant in the in the car. And Whoa. just one of those things that you can never, never unsee. And what was supposed to be the happiest moment of my life with my firstborn turned out to be the worst. So it's oh pretty, pretty great. Yeah. So you see that and then you have that memory. And then what, what do you Yeah, think? that moment. <laughs> so that moment was, uh, well, I was just totally taken aback like I didn't know what to do I didn't I didn't want to touch her I didn't want to be near her. I didn't want like I totally <laughs> like almost recl- yeah yeah oh it was. it was it was total recluse like moment like total uh recoil away from the, my my daughter and after the the next while and originally I started going to my treatment and then I had a second daughter two years later and that experience went much better after dealing with that initial trauma and, and then being able to cope and have uh, coping techniques to actually be ready to have our, our second daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. after Amelia was born and you're in the hospital with your wife, I mean, did you kind of have to remove yourself from the situation and then come back to it? Yeah, I had to leave. So when she was born or pregnant with my first daughter, I had to leave a course I was on in the middle of our field exercise. So I was on my basic reconnaissance course as a sergeant because I'm silly like that and I decided to punish myself and Just keep going. <laughs> uh, yeah and then uh so then I went from the field to the hospital had this was totally sleep fucked kind of thing and mm-hmm. then I had my daughter and then this was the the outcome so and so you- went my downward spiral yeah yeah, yeah. that's what I want to get into because yeah. I mean paint the picture for us so you said you sought treatment after that, but did you have the spiral and like that's what led you to start treatment? That was just the that was just the nail in the coffin. There was so many other other things, and, and then the final word was me and my wife always had the understanding that she was with me right from my very first tour. We met uh, in April of '06, just prior to my first tour in January of '07. So we had been together ever since, been through both tours together, and we kind of always had the unwritten rule that. When it came time that she noticed a major change that, okay, enough was enough and you're going to see mental health. So finally, I think February 2016 is when I finally actually went in and started the process and that was it. Was that a scary thing for you to be able to do? Or were you just ready? I was, one, I just didn't care anymore. I was so burnt out and anything. Was it 2016? 2015 would have been yeah so but yeah I, I was just didn't care anymore I didn't 
I didn't want to be around. I didn't want to be alive. I didn't want to be in the forces. I didn't want to do anything. I was just at rock bottom. And my wife was just like, yep, you're now it's time to go in and, and get help. And I was like, yeah, okay. What's your wife's name? Jenna. Jenna. Thank yeah. you, Jenna. <laughs> yeah, no, so for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. So what kind of treatment did you go to like talk therapy or what was the, the first treatment? method? So I went with whatever the army gave me. Yeah. So that was how it rolls at first. And you go through the, the Canadian forces medical system. So it involved a lot of interviews and appointments and appointments and appointments and appointments. So not and instant appointments. Help. No, not really. I think I was rather fortunate. I think I got in to see a psychiatrist within like two weeks, I think. But the, I know the wait time is far longer than that now at, at the Canadian Forces Medical Clinics. But I can't speak on that to what it actually yeah. is as I've been removed from it. But I think I was two weeks. So two weeks is a great amount of time to wait for a doctor. Mm. Not really. <laughs> Were you prescribed any medications as well? Oh, so many. I think at one point I was on 14 pills a day. So that was a mixture of trazodone, cetrolene. I think I'm still on cetrolene right now. So, but Effexor, like Wellibutrin, Zoloft, Prozac, whatever you can think of as an antidepressant, PTSD, antipsychotic, any of those things, I've tried them. So now, thankfully, I'm only down to two. And I, I also use medical cannabis as well. So, yeah, I want to get into that in a minute. What did those days look like when you were on all the opiates? For you oh, the, trying to navigate that, what did it do? Completely numb. Like you just didn't want to do anything. It just it turned into a zombie. They were designed to keep you alive, and yeah, they they did that, which was great. But they definitely don't allow you to live. So that was the, one of the biggest things I found with the medications. And, but I, I had good psychologists and good counselors and stuff. And that as we were taking the different medications and if they didn't work, we moved on quickly off them and, and went to another one. And then finally I got onto a regime that was manageable. And then I got onto a stable platform and now I could move off those medications and move on to uh, medical cannabis. And that seems to be the trick. Did your psychiatrist also recommend you trying medical cannabis? Negative. Yeah. They did not. They uh, One did, so out of uh, Fredericton. But uh, anyone here through in Nova Scotia, through the OSI clinic and stuff like that, they still say that the, the medical evidence isn't there and, and that kind of stuff. But the guys at the root level down the ground, they know that it works and it it's doing wonders for, for us and other guys in our situation. Yeah. It does seem like a common story that you guys are over-prescribed medications and then just feel kind of like a shell of a human. Cause yeah, you don't want to feel the bad feelings, but you don't want to have no feelings at all. Well, yeah, but that's one thing with just, I think with PTSD in general, it, it totally takes away your empathy and your sympathy and any type of, of feelings like nothing nothing could change my point of view on just life at that point I didn't give a fuck so it's just it's just how it is I want to talk about when you found your fuck 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get it back? Uh, what is the difference? I don't really, well, good, good counseling and therapy was, is obviously a, a major factor in it to get you to deal with some of your trauma. And I, I still haven't dealt with all my trauma. That, that, that's, that little snippet is just a, a piece of what we've endured and what we've had to see and, and that stuff. So that, that's just one that sticks out to me. And with all the coinciding events to that initial trauma, like I can kind of say that that's my, my breaking point of when I broke, but did, was it actually, I don't know. It could have, I could have broke months earlier and I was just in a holding pattern, but that's besides the point. When I found my fuck, I, I, I tried really hard to stay in the army, like I really, really hard. Because once I started my treatment and everything was going well, and then like I had a good support from my chain of command, so they left me alone to do my treatment. Let, then I just did my job, did went to work, and then finally it was just enough is enough. Like I gotta focus on me and my mental health and my family's mental health and my family's well being and that was that was it the medical system made the decision and they suggested a medical release but on my way out of my medical release and through all the my time in the forces when you're hanging around the troops and just in your your platoon offices or whatever you're you're doing you're always coming up with brainiac ideas and one of these ideas was to one day own a campground park kind of thing when I was 50 and retired from the forces after doing 30 years and just being an old crusty guy running a, a campground. That's what I wanted to do. Fast forward to, okay, now I'm released from the forces at 14 years. Don't know what I'm going to do. Don't know how I'm going to do it, but I have this really good idea and I've told a few people about it and they think it's a good idea. So now we're just going to run with it. And that's what we've been doing ever since. So I think that was probably like, 2017 16 like it probably early 17 late 16 when I finally like okay this is what it's going to be called then I just started like registering everything right away like registering stuff at work with the troops that were helping me like the good thing about the Canadian forces that there's people from everywhere so I had a troop that had a St. Mary's business degree and he gave me a business plan template so I was like this is good and I just started <laughs> filling stuff out and that was that was it. Next thing you know. <laughs> and next thing you know, and now I'm here doing it, and I don't yeah. get it, but it's serendipitous, and I'm sure we're going to get into all the other weird stuff here soon, uh, if if he told you all the, the other information, too, so. Wait, what is, oh, are you talking about the retreats, potentially? Well, the retreats and just the whole backstory of how this property came to be. Yeah, that's what we want. Want to hear the whole know story? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Because so, it's, it's I can't make it up. It's just, just how it is. So. All right. Tell us. Let's hear it. Okay. So the the story is years ago we were at another friend's wedding. We came home from New Brunswick to go to a friend's wedding, and we met up with uh, another one of our friend's parents. So John and Nellie Smees. That's who used to live here at the property, and they ran the Smees dairy farm called the Crown. And they ran it for years and years and then finally sold it in 98. So when we ran into them at, at the wedding, they were like, Tyson, because I said that one day I want to start a campground 30 years down the road. And they're like, Tyson, we're getting ready to sell the property. We thought of you. 
And I said, ah, I'm like, I'm still in the army. I'm like, I'm not anywhere near time to, to do this. I'm like, I would love to own it. Like I know the property well, and it's, it's perfect. Like by far perfect. So fast forward a couple years later, now I'm getting ready to get out of the forces. And now I'm, we're looking at somewheres to go and what to do. And I had come up with this idea and I was running into issues with VAC paperwork. And I told a couple of people of what the idea was for real Canadian recreation. They thought it was a really good idea. So they sent me to the next person and I just started climbing the ladder and figuring out what I had to do. But in my journeys and doing this, I was in the process of releasing. I was trying to fill out VAC paperwork. So my wife, Jenna, is friends with Julianne. Fabian's oh. spouse. Oh yeah, we know Julianne. And, yeah, so you know Julianne. So they um, started talking, and then Jenna's like, "Why don't you go see Fabian and and get him to help out with your paperwork?" And and Fabian had a a, a notoriety around Ormucto for being the old, the old uh, marijuana trauma guys and stuff like that. So there was some hesitancy to go see him, but finally, after months of her coercing me and trying to get her to go just do VAC paperwork, which is annoying in, in itself, I finally that went is. in and talked and, and talked to Fabian, and he kind of gave me the what's what and the who's who of what I need to do for VAC and how to fill it out properly and the all that kind of stuff. What is VAC so in, paperwork? So uh, Veterans Affairs Canada, sorry. Okay, yeah. I just didn't so know the... Yeah. Anytime, I'm, I thought I said it earlier, but yeah, VAC is Veterans Affairs. So I spoke to Fabian, and then as I was leaving, after we had our conversation, it was all good. And I said, hey, man, I'm like, don't you own a Jeep for around here? And he's like, yeah, it's in Cape Breton. And I was like, well, do you ever like ATV or jeep or go outside or like run sleds just outdoor activities he's like well yeah i do what i'm he's like i got it. it's all in cape breton i was like okay cool man i'm like man i got this wicked idea i'm like i'm just gonna run it by right quick and i told him my idea and he's like i love it and i'm like <laughs> okay cool i'm like that's yeah i got another thumbs up from someone yeah. <laughs> that knows more about stuff than me so i'm like that's cool so and then he's like okay we we need to set up a meeting for later on this week to discuss this more. I'm like, okay, man. I'm like, whatever. Sounds good to me. So I'll figure he'd give me business advice or like different business plan or something along the lines. And sure enough, it was completely the other way. And he essentially made my dreams come true. Oh. And we he has a way of doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. So. Uh, we were coming home to Nova Scotia again, I think the middle of the week for something else again. And Fabian sends me an email and he says, Tyson, does this property work for you? And I said, what the, what, what property work for me for what? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. So then he sends me the link and then I recognize the link in the property guys ad and it was John yeah. and Nelly's house. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so, he, I just he, got he, yeah. so he's like, I want you to go see it. I'm like, I don't need to go see it. I, I already know, know who it. I already know who it is. I know what it is. It's perfect. It's it's great. I'm like, why do I? Why am I going to see it? He's like, oh, just whatever. So he's like, see if you can set up a meeting with the family, and we'll go do a, a tour of the property and the house and all this stuff. And I said, like, okay, I'll call them right now. I called up John and Nelly. I'm like, John Nelly, baby wants to see this house. He, he he's a medical cannabis entrepreneur. Like, I don't know what he wants with it might want to do a retreat or something i have i'm totally not registering at all right now what's going on and uh i was like yeah we'll set it up 
So set it up another week later, we come to the property, me, Jenna, I think we had my oldest daughter. We took some ATVs, some side-by-sides, bored another one from one of my other buddies, and we did a tour around the property. And then me and Fabian stepped us at the end of the tour, and he was like, what do you think? And I was like, what do, what do you mean? What do you think? It's awesome. Like, it's, it's paradise. And he's like, okay, it's yours. This is for real clean recreation. And that that was it so he wow. we then went through the he did took care of all that negotiating side with uh john and nelly and then yeah now we're we're here at the property the other fun fact was john and nelly or their families originally from the netherlands so when they their family was liberated by canadian soldiers in world war ii and now their property is going back to canadian soldiers in oh 2021 Oh my gosh, that's so, so awesome! I can't make it up. It went completely <laughs> that's incredible. Full, yeah, Sorry, it y'all, went I completely be- full circle. Like we found poppies just growing on the property. Like we didn't plant. There's a whole lot of cool stuff that There's happens some here, and that divine stuff on that property. It yeah, sounds like <laughs> it's very, very serendipitous all the time. Everything just lines up, and I just go with it, and I'm yeah. not complaining. Like that's, I'm cool with it. Oh, yeah. that's so amazing! Such um, gratitude yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah. You said earlier that you were brainstorming, and you knew you wanted to be in charge of a campground. When did you first realize that nature or camping is is healing for you? Uh, I always knew that. I think that's an inherent thing with guys that join the army they just want to be outside so they just the army just sucks all the fun out of it yeah (laughs) so uh but we we have an inherent draw to nature and you know you can always say you can fake it till you make it with mental health and stuff like that so being outside getting vitamin d that's all an, an additive to it and then once you're in treatment and stuff and you add that uh additional outdoor activities into it 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 just makes sense i didn't know i was going to be doing this but it just morphed into what it is and um, now i'm very happy to be part of this and making this place to be accessible for veterans right across canada so yeah that's the goal yeah take me back to the moment like when Vivian said this is yours we're doing this what was your conversation with jenna like I, like, <laughs> we were totally flabbergasted and I was like, I don't, I, okay. Yeah. So we're doing that. <laughs> this and this is our was, life now. <laughs> yeah. And we're in the process of getting ready to be released from the forces and our move back to Nova Scotia. So we had to wait for John and Nellie to move out. So we bought uh, another property just about 20, 30 minutes away from here. And we lived there for a while till John and Nellie uh, moved out. Then we moved in. Or sorry, yeah, then we renovated the farmhouse and just just updating for our own stuff and did all that. And now we've been here for almost two years. So wow. it's going to be two years here in June. So what kind of activities are you going to have on the property? So the thing about the property is, is we have lots of space. So you can come do whatever you want. And How many acres the, is it? Uh, uh, roughly close to 400 right now and we're we're if we can get land usage agreements or memorandum understandings with other landowners around us which we we were gonna do we hope to get thousands of acres of at least uh usable property for us and the the other benefit of where we're situated in Pictou county nova scotia 
uh, we're backed on to the Trafalgar Game Sanctuary and a, a big, essentially, uh, nature preserve behind us. Huh. So there's nothing from here south to Sheet Harbor, which is about 45, 50 minutes away. We're the last house, and then it's nothing other than camps. Oh so we're just out in the, the country you just doing just thing. out all the time. I'm like, I, only, I have three acres, and I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, that's like, overwhelming I, I wanted, to me. I, <laughs> I wanted to try to do the video outside so you could see the property, but I was oh, like, yeah. no, it'll be too You'll windy. You'll have to send us some afterwards. I'll, I'll yeah. just show, yeah, I'll just, when we're done, I'll just quickly walk you out to the window and you can Please, see everything. Yeah. But uh, what was the question now? <laughs> you you will get that. That's PTSD brain. That's <laughs> my memory not working. That's okay. Well, I don't have that excuse, yeah. but I have the same problem. So, yeah. um, what activities like oh. specifically will you have yeah so specifically activities are that veterans can come here for free and be in a safe space that they can be amongst their peers and not be judged if you have a bad day or if you're being a little off or a little snappy like you're here you can do what you want if you're having a bad day and need to go for a walk that's cool so if veterans come here i'm essentially a tour guide to them ear to talk to dude to help them with just i'm here for peer support kind of thing but while they're here we have atvs we have two atvs that the society owns that we started we have a bunch of tractors and stuff like that we have two jeeps in production to get running again to so people can use them but it's any outdoor activities that you'd want to do in canada hence why we're called Real Canadian Recreation, but that's also a play on words of my old unit, Royal Canadian Regiment. So oh, people no see way. it. So people see the, the logo, and it's very similar to the real the Royal Canadian Regiment one, but not. So, so you're so also we, a creative arts director and the I, brand ambassador. I this is again not me. This is all the business troops. template had it all. It, the business template had it all, and then I was like, I need a witty thing to get people's attention that it looks like the army, but it's not anymore. So that's what it is, and it worked out so well. Good. So it's a it's essentially it's a, a tire, and then the eight pointed star from our hat badge, and then instead of the middle it says VRI, it says now it says RCR. Oh, that's really ingenious. That's awesome. But yeah, then uh, there we we have a, a pond that we stock with fish. So you can come and teach your kids how to fish. We're in the process of building uh, wooden tents, little A-frame tents. Yeah. Uh, our goal is to build 18 of those so people can come and camp on the property. They can bring their own camper on the property. They can use our camping equipment that we were able to purchase through grants from different organizations. So someone, a veteran can come through from, if they're going from Newfoundland on the ferry and driving through Nova Scotia to go to Cape Breton to get the ferry, they want to stop in here for night. They don't have a sleeping bag and stuff like that, or a tent or an air mattress. We have all that here. You can literally stop in, use it for the night, keep going if you want to. Or you can stop in a day, a night, a week, whatever. You're not going to tell you to leave. Yeah. There's so many activities. Just stay a while. So, so many activities. But the thing is, you can do as much or as little as you want. So you can just go wander around the fields and look at butterflies. Whatever makes you happy is what is is what you can do here. And I'm just the facilitator of good ideas and something. I don't know. 
That's gonna be my well, new title. Well-being. Yeah. Facilitator of good ideas and serious. So I'm gonna steal that. Yeah. I really like that. I'm yeah. gonna update my LinkedIn after this. That's yeah. really good. That's really yeah. good. Well, one of your great ideas is you coined the term eco adventure park for your space, and I think that that's just so genius. I was reading an article that you were interviewed for, and it talked about how you wanted to open up up your space within four phases. Can you kind of talk about mm. what those four phases are? Yeah, so the, the four phases are going to be, first and foremost, will always be veterans and Canadian Forces members. So it doesn't matter when you served, where you served, how long you served. If you serve the Canadian Forces and you have a valid piece of military identification, uh, veterans card or current, you're, you're cool. Like, you can come here and, and use the facilities. So um, the first priority will always be veterans. Next will be EMS police, so first responders. So we're already starting to get the trickle-down effect of in the area of first responders are starting to hear about us and come out and use the property and, and just use it for their own mental health and, and so on. Third phase will be for adult education about uh, PTSD, what is PTSD, and what we actually did in Afghanistan. So everyone thinks that we're in Afghanistan doing peacekeeping functions, which we were absolutely not. We were doing combat in a war. So uh, that's the third phase. And the fourth phase, we'll be doing things with, uh, we've partnered with the local Army Cadet Corps, and we have them here doing training on the on the property because that's what the properties are about, to teach kids how to do stuff the right way. And we can teach survival, we can teach them fishing, we can teach them navigation. There's a huge uh, military presence in Pictou County. So we have, for example, in World War II, Westville, Nova Scotia was one of the, the highest rates of volunteers per capita. And that was just, that's just down the road. So there's lots of new age veterans in the area that have all these different qualifications and skills that will eventually be able to, to teach the future generations what to do properly. And it keeps us busy. from your idea, hasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it it really has. And now it's just doing its thing. I'm just, I'm just trying to drive the boat. That's it. Yeah. Let's talk about the goats. Uh, I'm so goats. excited about these, the goat palace. I was like, goat yeah. palace? Yeah, We're I there. Built a, yeah. I built them a goat palace. Yes. So uh, again, it's everything we do is just uh, organic and down to earth. Just be around your peers, build something, do something productive. Everything's trying to be productive avoidance technique in a, in a way. Mm. But you're we're trying not to also avoid the, the situations and we're around each other while we're doing work and we can share our, our struggles of the day and our, what's going on at home, their home life and how you're feeling, when's your next appointments and, and so on. So um, while we were building this goat house, we had different veterans, Air Force, Navy, uh, Army guys come up and help and they bang a couple nails in and they leave. And that's what we're here for is just, and during COVID you have lots of space to, to socially distance. So it's people can come show up and bang a couple nails, cut a couple of boards and they're providing a service, but they're also making their space for them as well. The goat palace just turned into a, now it's a house. So we have two goat goats. Resort. Walter, yeah. We have Walter and Waylon. My uh, cat Walter. Walter's our new guy. He's just 10 weeks old. And then Waylon is uh, two. And then we hope to use them later around the property because goats eat, like to eat everything. So we'll be able to take them on walks and they'll help us maintain trails and eat all the unwanted foliage on the trees that we don't want. And they 
keep all the good stuff that we do want. Yeah, right. (laughs) You're on the market for a goat now, Cal. I am. That's that's who knew. Yeah. So in your website, you talked about healing goat moments or goat. (laughs) I don't know if it's from Afghanistan, like, and seeing so many goats when we were over there, like there's just goats everywhere. They're hilarious. They were either be above you or next to you and uh, they're everywhere. So now I don't know what drew me back to goat, uh, other than my friends have goats, and that's who we got it from, another veteran uh, farmer, our Hideaway homestead, the Balkan family farm, oh, just about half an hour away, and they had goats, and I just, when you go in there, they're just super chill, they're like deer dogs, I call them deer dogs, because they're pretty big, but they're, any animal is going to make you feel better, and that's one thing that I think if veterans, they don't have an animal when they release from the forces. They should try to get some type of animal because it, it takes your focus off your daily struggles and then it puts the focus on them so you take care of them, right? So now I have two goats and I just get to hang out with them and have gomans, so... Gomans. so good. Gomans all day. So good. So, yeah, the, like, cash <laughs> Goats are all the rage right now, though. You can even on Groupon do goat yoga, where you literally yes. pay. You you so yeah. you've heard of it? Okay, yeah. Goats yeah, no, I, very trendy my, right now. <laughs> yeah, the, we're we're they're 150 pound Nubian goats. They're not oh, going to be good for goat yoga. Yeah, yeah don't so. you're going to jump crushed. on your back. <laughs> no, the, our little guy Walter will still jump on us. Like he'll go on my back, but no, I'm not letting Waylon. He's 150 pounds. He's a big goat. I didn't even know goats could get that big. I didn't either. Yes, he's a big boy. Big, big boy. <laughs> but he's cool. So That's awesome. We'll let, him, we'll let him be. Have you guys hosted any retreats there yet? Or is that just a future Uh plan? So what we were able to accomplish so far, I guess, is a better way to do it. So last year was our first year. And then, so one of my good friends killed himself in October of last year, Herman Williams. So another terrible fact of uh, what PTSD and stuff will do. So he uh, unfortunately took his own life and he was always such a happy, outstanding, outspoken person. He was a Newfoundlander. He was just happy, always down to earth, ready for a good time. So we decided to have a concert for him. So we put a couple of our friends together and a couple of bands. We got a 53 foot flat deck donated to us by a local construction company and turned it into a stage had music and food and we now are going to do a yearly festival for herman williams so that is one thing we're going to do but the the retreats going forward and and events we're hoping to have a, a veteran atv rally out of here for in july but uh other than that covid's kind of really done a number on us and uh veterans have been using the property but it's not as how much i want people to be here right now but that's just with what's going on in the world yeah you gotta pivot a little bit right now with your plans yeah yeah and that's one thing we could do during covid and that was in october we were allowed to have a gathering of 250 people outside socially distance and i was like if we can't socially distance in a like 400 acre field then yeah whatever yeah. so we got a problem yeah <laughs> yeah we got a problem we did all the did all the tracking and and so on and we even got a visit from the rcmp so it was oh, good wow. to go yeah yeah they wanted to make sure i was counting all my people and i said yeah. yep sure am <laughs> yeah. and you had you had how many people show up 
that night we had 144 out of a possible 250. So we were, we were pretty happy. And again, it was just a little fundraiser for us. What we're doing, just recoup our costs of what we spent to pay for the, mostly the music and like the actual sound systems and stuff like that. But everyone else was just did it on the generosity of their heart. None of the bands charged us for uh, them coming out and it was great. So we hope to build on that this year and the next year and the next year and just going to keep doing it. What is it like lockdown wise over there right now? I've got family in Ontario and I know that they're completely locked down. Yeah. Currently Nova Scotia is in a two week lockdown, but in rural Nova Scotia, we do what we want. Live in so. life. Life, goes on. <laughs> yeah. life goes on. Like if you go into town and you wear your mask and stuff, if you have to go to the store, but I try not to go into town at any time and I just stay out here. So, <laughs> yep. yeah. Got that. I have a question though. In, in creating all of this that you're doing on the property, what are some of the challenges that you've come up against? Insurance and funding. How so? Insurance is very expensive when you tell people that you want to let people do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're so like, maybe you have to reword that in your business plan <laughs> yeah well, we need a new I'm template just, we need a new template. i'm just honest i'm just like they're like what do you want to do i'm like i want to do whatever we want to do and they're like i'm like cover us for when someone dies and they're like huh i'm like that's you're not supposed to say that to your insurance provider like i don't know so whatever but no uh in all seriously biggest hindrance right now is covid and funds we've we've attempted to uh, apply for grants through different government organizations and waiting back on here some and some we've been denied so uh we'll, we'll just wait and see but we're people are always doing good deeds for us and doing different fundraisers for us and i'm definitely not saying like that we are uh ready to open but we've made great progress from what we've been able to do it with for the, for the funds and just volunteers and it's being built by the community is what it's doing but now the community can help understand what today's new veterans are dealing with and what all their struggles are and on top of the, all the unknowns that they're still dealing with with their treatment that we're going to teach people that we're still a community and the community can take care of us because other people aren't going to. So that's how it's going to work. Wow. It seems um, like you guys I, are a tight-knit community over there with being like oh, a yeah. lot of veterans. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, East Coast is always predominantly in the forces because that's just how the East Coast is. There's not many jobs. So a lot of people join the forces. So now a lot of guys move back and we're in – the, one of the reasons why we chose Pickford County, not just because we're from here, but it's it's four hours centrally located to all the Maritimes. So you can go from northern New Brunswick to the south shore in Yarmouth, to, from right off the boat in Sydney, from Newfoundland, or take the ferry over from PEI and you're within four hours to get here. So we're right in prime, prime country of central Nova Scotia and 25 minutes to the beach and about six minutes to a river behind us. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm landlocked, so that sounds like a dream. <laughs> yeah. Are you in Texas? Yeah, I'm in Dallas. So. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, when you're from Dallas, there's definitely a lot of, like, Dallas pride, but it is by far not the prettiest place to live. 
And I, mm. I tell myself, I'm like, well, at least when I travel, I can appreciate everywhere else more. Cause like there's a lake or a, a big hill yes. <laughs> or a mountain. And, and we, we, when those people such as yourself come up here <laughs> and they're taking pictures of rivers and stuff, we're like, man, what That's is totally what Leanne. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and how That's, she just explained it. I'm like, you're one of them. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm one of those. Like I said earlier, I have family in Ontario. And so we visited a couple of years it's back. It's pronounced unterrible. Unta- oh, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. We're yeah. going to have to edit that one out. Sorry. Yeah, that's no, going to hurt my feelings. That's going to hurt but, my feelings. Frigate. <laughs> frigate. Yeah. So we went back in October and all the leaves were changing. And I was just like videotaping out my car window, just all the trees. Because we don't really get the seasonal changes either. So no, that's spoiled. true, yeah. I, I can tell you appreciate the the beauty yeah, of the nature. No. So. Nature's great. That's uh, we're we're pretty lucky to be where we're at to be able to see the beauty and we've got a waterfall five kilometers away from here and that's so it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Is there things that you want for your property that that you want to have happen? I read this article and you talked about you have this dream of wanting a helicopter to come and land. Can, do you remember oh, that? The, Can you talk I, about I, that? Yeah, I, I made a, a helipad out there. Why not? So like I said, if you have a good idea or a terrible idea, we're probably going to do it. <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. Uh, you know what? There's, there's no Why such not? thing as a bad idea. That's so right. uh, no, we as we've been here, the the forces helicopters so shear water base shear water is essentially directly to the south of us across the the muscadabit harbor so it's the cyclones or the search and rescue aircraft are always flying over so we painted the the our mural on the sea can i don't know if you've seen that the big canada flag yeah. so we painted a big canada flag on the sea on the sea can so then we started noticing that the aircraft from the forces were circling all the time so as they were flying on their missions or whatever they were just circled back and i was like i'm gonna build them a landing pad and they're gonna <laughs> land here one day and it's gonna be amazing and they're gonna come and have coffee with us because that's what it's about just come have a coffee or a bite of food and go back on your way we put the the landing pad out there and a couple days later we had a helicopter come in but it was a it was a construction company's helicopter and the pilot had agreed to take pictures of the property with us. And I thought it was going to land and I was roaring out in the field. It was awesome. <laughs> what yeah. a moment. You're like, yeah. one yeah. more thing I manifested for myself. Yeah. Apparently, so yeah, apparently that's what I did. I manifested a helicopter and I almost got one landing at the property and it was awesome. Do you believe in that though? Because I feel like that's really what this whole thing is. It, it is. And I, I don't know if I believe it, but the, it, there's, it has to be something because I ain't, I don't know the the reasoning behind this. It's just all the secret and stuff like that. Like it, that's the real thing. So that is insane that you just said that because my client just gave me that book last week to read. No kidding. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And that's how uh, Fabian attests a lot of his stuff too. We talked about that with him. That's so wild. Yeah, and that, that's it, it. It's a secret, man. Like if you put your in your mind and in your future, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Oh. But I feel like you were planning this before you even knew it. Yeah, I don't know. It just people <laughs> are like, how are you how are you managing all this? I'm like, I can't remember what I came into a room for or like to take my medication or to do anything like normal everyday life. But ask me anything about this idea and I got it under control. That's how I you don't get it. in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. Right my like 
any of my medical appointments and and stuff like that i'm just like i don't know i have no idea what you're talking about and this and then no. they're like so what are you doing with real pain recreation i'm like oh do this do this and i'm like i don't know so who's part of your care team who helps you when you do struggle a little bit oh definitely the wife like she is care team numero uno yeah. so without her I, I wouldn't be here and I've said that I don't know how many times and and she knows that but good team of uh, psychotherapists psychologists uh, nurse practitioners like there's so much stuff and a lot of individuals in the army they swallow their pride on a lot of things injuries whether it's uh, physical or mental health so I did close to 14 years in the army and never went to the the sick parade or the hospital like ever unless I was actual broken bones and now it's tough to go through and you're you're putting yourself as a as vulnerable for your mental health side but then you have all these other underlying conditions that are all the physical side of it and now I'm just starting to get into to that to get follow-up surgeries for carpal tunnel and and other things and it's just it's a long slog so what does a typical day look like out there right now Mm, right now well just before this so what we're doing is is veterans helping veterans and and that kind of thing so if a veteran moves in the area and they don't know any other vets they can come here and and connect and and do that so fun fact that does happen a new veteran moved in a couple uh, kilometers down the road heard about us said hey man like do you do you mind coming down to my property and taking a look see if you can help me out with stuff i said sure so all this morning I was down there helping him bush hog and dig up his septic field and try to find where his septic tank is for his house. And that's just what we do as, as veterans. It's another, another um, peer support kind of thing that you just go and talk about how you're feeling and stuff, but you're also doing a productive task to help each other. And so it's great. Awesome. Now I forget the question. No, don't worry about it. I have another one. What are you talking okay. on over there? <laughs> uh, some THC. Mm-hmm. Do you have a strain that you found that works for you? I'm kind of all over still. Um, I'm mostly just getting into the the oils now and stuff and and edibles and um, so far so good. So I don't be careful I'm with those of, edibles. <laughs> yeah, they creep well, up on you. They'll get you. Punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was your um cannabis story I, I am so curious about that since that is one of the pillars that brought it's, stories of it's so funny so when it was illegal i was if the army doesn't want me to do it and i'm not supposed to be doing it i'm not doing it like i'm in the army i'm straight edge like no weed no drugs no nothing like that it was great because I piss tests, like when you're doing pre-deployment stuff and you're getting uh, drug tests and stuff, like you can see everyone freaking out that smoke weed is great. <laughs> so I never did any, smoked any marijuana, any cannabis, something like that until I was out and released from the forces. So even upon my initial like caretaking and stuff like that, I never went over to the, the medical cannabis side at all until I was completely 100% free and clear from the, the forces and that was just something i wanted to do and i said i wouldn't even though when did it come legal i don't know but uh i said i just wouldn't wouldn't smoke it while i was in in the forces and that was just my own thing i don't know why but then uh just upon my move here 
and dealing with the OSI clinic out of Halifax and stuff like that, uh, I made the decision to go more towards the, the cannabis side instead of uh, all my pharmaceuticals. And I was able to get rid of a majority of my pharmaceuticals, which is great. So that's after all I care about. Uh, after how long? It, I did a gradual come off in, of my, my pharmaceuticals because I just didn't want to. All of my gains that I had made from just mental stability at the time, I didn't want to lose. So I, I took a really, really gradual approach and to not rock the boat at all. So now I'm, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm not great. I'm not cured, but I'm, I'm definitely manageable and, uh, and a slightly better person. Awesome. Yeah. Was the first time you used cannabis, how, how was that for you? Did you feel good instantly? Was this the connection that you were missing to, to well, your I, wellness I, I smoked, smoked cannabis when I was a kid. <laughs> so right. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, medicinally, I guess. I don't no, know. Medicinally, yeah. there was the relief that I was looking for. And what this property prescribes, I'll say, is calm. So yeah. that's one thing. I just can't be calm. I can't sit still. I'm constantly, my brain is going a million miles a minute. But when I have some medical cannabis, I can actually sit in my own skin for about five minutes, maybe at like a time. And then I'll just be up and going again and just off the walls. But that for that five minutes, I get that relief. And now I've been able to, to uh, extend it more than five minutes from just different mindful tech, mindfulness techniques and, and stuff like that. But the, originally what I was searching for of the sense of calm I finally received with, with medical cannabis. Do you do any sort of meditation or anything as well? No, because my brain is too crazy. Like I, I can't, I, I want to, I know yeah. that that would be just like physical, actual like physical activity, to like going to work out and going to the gym and stuff like that is good. I just That's meditation. No, I, I just I, I don't want to do it. I don't. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> well, if you're doing physical happen. labor, that's got to be a. I imagine you'd get into a flow state just since yeah, you are and, doing what you love. Yeah, we're when we're doing what we want to do and doing what my body will allow me to do through the day, and that's the another thing. So then it's pain management, not just mental health management. So yeah. that's an, another side of it, and then many hands make light work so we have a good like i said a good group of veterans around here that come out and we all work with our broken bodies and get some stuff done and some days we don't get anything done it's just like well, and that's I'm enough so- right yeah right? I- i'm sore you're sore your back hurts like i'm not doing that today like no <laughs> yeah so. well we can't wait to visit yeah well, yeah incredible. No. walter and then like that that's just that the, the property and stuff and we're still working on our, our building right now so it's the old dairy barn that we're turning into our headquarters oh, so that's cool. still so it's a uh, the we had to unfortunately tear down the first part of the barn that was uh close to 120 years old so that would have been here wow. right from when the property was first settled way back when and then definitely when the family immigrated from the Netherlands after World War II. So that was here and we were kind of sad to lose it, but we're going to try to keep as much of the history alive and put it back. Any of the barn boards and beams that we able to salvage, we're going to put back into the other, the other building. So what we were able to salvage was close to 42 by almost a hundred feet long burn. 
So it works out to almost 6,000 square feet, top and bottom. Yeah. And uh, we're slowly renovating it. And we just were able to uh, have a local company and come out and spray foam it. So it's another step in getting closer to, to finishing it. And yeah. You're living a similar life over there, Kala, too. I know. I know. I'm like, you got your spray foam. How did you get them to call you back? Yeah. <laughs> We're converting our barn into like a, a fitness space and a gym space and, and part of oh, it. Okay. We're waiting on that. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's really cool. And barns are great. They're built <laughs> really, really solidly. This one needed a lot of work, but we're getting there. So, yeah. yeah. 20 years, I imagine. Yeah. And now, so that was the original part. And then the part that we have left was finished in 78. So, okay. Okay. So, still, so. Though, that's still got a lot. I'm sure that. Oh, yeah. From that, that standpoint. How yes, can people yeah. help? How can people help is just talking about mental health as one, just talking about it in general and being open to it. And eventually we'll, we'll break down the stigmas of what's going on, but other ways that can help, they can join our, uh, Real Canadian Recreation Volunteers Group on Facebook. Our website is scheduled to be completed on June 6th. So that will be up and that will have more information on what we're doing and when we're doing it and how we're doing it. But then just a lot of the local community organizations do fundraisers on our behalf. And we haven't done any of our own fundraising per se, but a lot of people say we should do the GoFundMe. Someone started a GoFundMe when we first did this. And but that, that's anyone I, I I can't I can't ask people for money because I don't I don't I don't like that. But um but it, just, people do want to help because you're doing a yes, really great job. So and, I, I, and people do want to help and I try to just give people options of with what they want to help, such as local businesses and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I can take a monetary donation or you as a heavy equipment operation can come do the work, promote your business and help us in the same time. Like well, then it's win-win. And then, so we're, we're, we're kind of like, uh, we're, we're a not eco adventure park, nonprofit, but we're also kind of like a hybrid co-op. Well, we are a society, but we're like a hybrid co-op and, um, peer support group. I don't know. Yeah. yeah we're a community. It's just, yeah, we're a community, I guess. Yeah. Fantastic. That's so great. So to the mm -hmm. veterans who don't know you exist yet and maybe hearing about it for the first time on your first podcast, um, mm -hmm. what, what do you want them to know about your space? Hi. Come on <laughs> out. I'm okay, you. that's the promo video right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. No, uh, honestly, it's I'm just a dude just a dude trying to still take care of my troops and that's all if i can't be in the army i guess that's the only thing i can do now so i guess that's uh what it well, is you're doing it yeah and i mean yeah. you don't have too many more ideas because you have a way of making them come true you're gonna be really busy <laughs> we're we're always busy we're always doing something and that's the, the beauty of it so a veteran stops in and wants to just give a hand for five minutes when we're doing something outside then he was here or she was here and then they were a part of it and you could say that hey i helped do this and that's what we're we're trying to do yeah true grassroots movement i love it so much thank you so yeah, much for being here with us today tyson i really yeah. enjoyed no it. problem yeah thank you and uh, we appreciate it 
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come be a part of the HDC community. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Have the Combo. For information on all of our shows, guests, and more, visit htcpod.com. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Talk soon.